The Urban Lore Podcast is brought to you in part by Objets Etrangers. Objets Etrangers brings you rare, unusual, and interesting art, collectibles, and antiques. Objets Etrangers is constantly on the lookout for the rare and obscure. Want to add something a little bit different to your home or office? Look up Objets Etrangers on Facebook. There'll be a link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Urban Lore Podcast. My name is Tom Castanius, and I'm your host. Today's story is about Elmer J. McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy was, by all intents and purposes, a lifelong criminal. Now, let me pause there for a second and say that this story is not an urban legend. It's not a folk tale. Everything we're going to talk about in this episode today is true. So maybe it falls just under the category of really, really weird stories. So let's go back to Elmer J. McCurdy. Elmer had heard in 1911 that there was a very specific train coming east into the Oklahoma area. Um, and it was going to be carrying $400,000 in cash, a royalty payment to the Osage Nation um, Indian Reservation. And, well, he wanted a part of that money. Or actually, he wanted all of it. So in true Old West movie tradition, he's going to rob this train. And understand, 1911, that's still a thing. Well, he manages to rob a train, all right, but it's not the right one. It's a, it's a passenger train. Rather than $400,000, what he managed to get was about $46 off the mail clerk and a couple of huge barrels of whiskey and a couple of pocket watches. Needless to say, that's a, a far cry from what he expected that the day's end would bring him. He imagined he would be wealthy beyond his imagination late into that very evening. What he actually wound up being late into that evening was just very, very drunk and disappointed with the two kegs of liquor that he stole and his 50 bucks in pocket watches. But problems just began to grow from there. He may not have been very good at his trade either because... In the early morning hours of October 7th, a posse of three sheriffs, brothers Bob and Stringer Fenton and Dick Wallace, well, they tracked him down to his barn. And what ensued was a standoff shootout. McCurdy shot at every one of the sheriffs as they arrived. One was actually wounded. And the sheriffs then, in turn, returned a copious amount of fire. No one knows exactly when or by whom, but uh, he was, in fact, uh, shot and killed. So Elmer's last day on Earth and last hours on Earth were filled with the notions of his failed robbery and probably a massive hangover from all of the liquor that he had consumed. 
so McCurdy's body was taken to the Undertaker in Pohuska, Oklahoma. And, you know, they're getting him ready and waiting for a next of kin to come and claim the body. But no one does. You know, he's, he's kind of a loner type, so there's not really family in the immediate area. The Undertaker fixes him up really well with a double heaping extra dose of embalming because he doesn't know how long he's going to have to keep this guy here. Then he hatches an amazing idea. While he has this hardened criminal in his mortuary, he decided to prop him up in a corner with a shotgun and sell admission to come and see the outlaw that wouldn't be taken alive. For five cents, you could go in and see and take a picture with dead Elmer J. McCurdy. Seems like a crazy idea, but what's crazier is that he made a mint off of this. All of his local township came out to see the guy, and people began to come from miles around to see the guy. It was such a popular attraction that it attracted the attention of a traveling show that wanted to purchase the corpse. But our fearless undertaker decided this was far too good of a moneymaker to let go that easily, so he declined the purchase. A couple of weeks later, another man calls and says, Elmer's my brother and I'm going to come and pick him up. And with what appears to be no real need for any kind of proof, this man uh, claims Elmer's body. Is he Elmer's brother? No, he's the brother of the traveling show guy that tried to buy him in the first place. So Elmer makes a trip into Arkansas and becomes a part of an amazing exhibit um, in this particular traveling show that traveled all throughout the center of our country. His first stop, again, I, I correct myself, his first stop was actually Arkansas City, Kansas. Now, if you don't know the argument between Arkansas and Arkansas, look that up. In one area, it's called Arkansas, and anyway, take my word for it. Um, so, um, the traveling show just puts him on. It's the Great Patterson Carnival Shows, and uh, they just trot Elmer around and show him off as this wanton criminal, the outlaw who would never be captured alive. And uh, they used him in that traveling show until 1922. Now remember, the incident where he died happened in 1911. But his story doesn't end there. The traveling show sold him once again to a guy named Louis Sani. Um, he took his corpse uh, for his traveling museum of crime. And it featured replicas of Jesse James and all kinds of different people. And, uh, you know, so he made the rounds with this show for a while. Um, in 1928, the corpse was part of an official sideshow that accompanied the Trans-America Foot Race. In 1933, it was acquired yet again by a director to promote his exploitation film, Narcotic. Kind of thinking of reefer madness kind of thing here. Um, the corpse was actually placed in theaters and showed as a dead dope fiend. Now understand by this time, most people didn't believe this was a human anymore. Because of the various states of decay, different parts of these sideshows 
patched him up with wax and paint, so he's rather mummified at this time and also quite coated in lots of foreign substances. So as people continue to pass Elmer around, they actually at this point probably believe they're passing around a wax dummy. After Louis Sowney died in 1949, the corpse was placed in storage in, well, where else? Los Angeles, right? City of Angels. Um, Sonny's son actually lent the body out for movies because, of course, it's Los Angeles, baby. You gotta make it big in Hollywood. Uh, he appeared in the film, the 1967 film She Freak. Now, if you're keeping track again, remember he died in 1911. Now, 1967. I'm two years old when this guy's still bumping around, right? At different times when he was uh, displayed at different places, um, he was displayed in a wax Hollywood wax museum for a while. Uh, he exhibited at a show called the Mount Rushmore. And while be exhibiting there, he actually like blew over in the wind and the tips of his ears broke off and more repairs needed to be done. He was too gruesome now to be shown in these uh, sideshows and wax museum exhibits. So um, once again, he changes hands and he goes to the owner of the Pike, an amusement zone in Long Beach, California and his corpse hung in this fun house, painted in fluorescent paints, uh, until 1976. The way he's found is even stranger. So, being hanging in this fun house forever, and I picture it as a very dilapidated and kind of a creepy place onto itself, but the makers of the TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man, look that up if you're too young to remember but it was uh, uh lee majors was the actor and he was the bionic man destroyed in a plane crash but we can rebuild him better faster anyway it was a fun 70s tv show but they decided to film in this fun house and when they tried to move this overly painted overly waxed figure an arm came off revealing that it actually had a skeletal and muscular interior freaks everybody out. They call the L.A. Sheriff's Department. And in time, they begin to trace the line of ownership that we've talked about and eventually realize this is, in fact, likely the outlaw Elmer McCurdy. A forensic anthropologist takes a picture of the skull and they match it over death photos of Elmer from 1911 and they come as close as they can long before the DNA era of coming up with a positive identification. So Elmer is trotted back to Oklahoma. December 11th, the story had been featured in newspapers, television, radio, um, but it's on April 22nd, 1977, that a funeral procession is conducted, uh, and they take him to the Boot Hill section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. 300 people uh, came by to see Elmer finally, finally be buried in Oklahoma. Just a mere... 65 years after he died. Elmer didn't find the riches that he thought he would find when he robbed the wrong train, but he gained a weird level of fame slash infamy that he could never have possibly imagined. Although no one that saw him would have known his name after he left the funeral home in Oklahoma, he was seen by hundreds of thousands of people and traveled 
tens of thousands of more miles than he ever had in his living life. So Elmer, thanks for the story. I hope it wasn't too hard on you. And um, yeah, that's what you get for a life of crime. Thank you for listening once again. We invite you to drop us a line at urbanlorepodcast at gmail.com. All one word, urbanlorepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at urbanlorepod, and you can interact with us that way. If you have friends that do some traveling, whether they're alive or dead, be sure and tell them about our podcast If you listen to us on iTunes, please, please drop us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. For the Urban Lore Podcast, I'm Tom Castaños.